the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Best, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. I cannot believe that I am back for the first episode of 2022 of the Women Changing the World podcast. It has been nice to take a break. Uh, definitely didn't get to spend it fully how I had envisioned. Um, my Mexico Beach dreams are deferred. Um, but it was nice to take some time away, honestly, because it gave me a chance to really miss the podcast. And I've been getting some guests booked for the rest of this year who I'm seriously so excited about. I mean, I looked at everyone who came on in 2021. You know, I was doing some recaps toward the end of last year. And I'm just blown away by how incredibly amazing the women in my world are. And it's like, I don't think like any group of women could top the women who I got to have conversations with last fall. Uh, but the group that I get to talk to this spring, like somehow just might. So I'm really, really excited for all the goodness that is in store for you, uh, our listeners for the rest of this year. But to get us started, um, because there's a big day coming up, and actually it's coming up now as I'm recording it, but by the time you listen to it, it may be as soon as tomorrow, and that big day is the two-year anniversary of me officially starting my business, which I cannot believe. Um, First of all, it's pretty bizarre that all two years, with the exception of like four weeks, has been in the pandemic. really, really like think it's cute that I have this whole box of beautiful embossed gold business cards sitting next to me (laughs) and uh, have not had many chances to give them out live in person. Um, Yeah, so that's wild just as another milestone, but also it's wild to me that this has officially been a thing for two years. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's been like the fastest two years. In a lot of ways, it has felt eternal. Um, and I thought to get back in the swing of things, it might be fun to just take some time and reflect on two years of running a business. Um, and I will offer always, like if you have questions, specific questions that you would like me to answer in future episodes, please, please, please do not be shy. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm, uh, Liz.best. You can send me an email. It's uh, Liz at Elizabeth Best. That's with Elizabeth with an S, best.com. Um, totally here for listener questions. These are some questions I crowdsourced with some of the women in my world and just some stuff that I was thinking if it were me, I might want to hear about. So, wow. <laughs> um, 
two years of being an entrepreneur. I, I'm not going to lie. I think the thing I'm the most surprised about at this point is how guilty I still feel when I'm not working between the hours of like nine-ish and five-ish. Uh, really would have thought that guilt would go away by now. Um, and I can tell you, at least for me, it's very much still here. I'll start with, and I may have shared this on a previous episode, some of the best advice that I got in the very early days when I was still thinking about starting a business. And two big things stand out to me. The first is there's this amazing woman, Abby, um, the holistic assistant who I work with on um, some aspects of my business. I met her on a retreat in Bali and she told me, um, two things were her pieces of advice. One, you get information through action. So rather than endlessly strategizing and trying to come up with like the perfect business plan or the perfect launch plan or the perfect whatever plan, just do something and see what works and then keep moving forward. Um, and her other piece of advice was that everything is figure outable which was also really helpful. I mean, definitely there's some shortcuts to figuring stuff out and I'm here for those, but also like, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to figure out a lot of things that you've never done before. Yeah. Those are probably two of the biggest and most helpful pieces of advice that I got as I was just getting started. Um, especially information through action because yeah, as a planner, it's so easy to want to like plan everything, but you really at some point just got to start doing it. Um, and I guess also the other piece of advice that really came through, it came through more like people's energy maybe than their words when I was in Bali. But just like if you're, if you want to like be something next, you got to start calling yourself the thing like in your own head, <laughs> even before, um, even maybe before you start saying it out loud, I've also found that saying it out loud is a really great trick to help yourself start calling yourself the thing in your head. So to get more specific about that, uh, being an entrepreneur, which I mean, I say that word and I'm still like, wait, me, um, <laughs> being an entrepreneur, being a coach, um, being a consultant, all these things, like it was really interesting to be, you know, <laughs> bopping around in Ubud in Bali and seeing all these people who are like calling themselves coaches and being like, okay, well, I like, I guess I'm also a coach. Like I'm about to start a coaching business. I am a coach. And I just remember like those first couple really like tremulous months of 2020. Like I remember updating my LinkedIn headline and being like, oh, <laughs> is it real? I remember introducing myself and when people asked what I did, like telling them like, oh, I'm an executive coach for women in impact and being like, are they going to ask more questions and know that I'm like not really a coach yet? Um, but really just like naming it and claiming it, I think, and saying it over and over and over and putting it in writing and putting it in my email signature, like that was also something that really has helped things feel more real. So I've also done a lot of reflecting on like what past experience best prepared me for starting a business. And it's really hard to say cuz in a lot in a lot of ways I look back at my career and I feel like so much of what I got to do like was so perfect for what I do now, like I wouldn't necessarily change anything. But I will say I do think some of the hardest things of course, it's so annoying, but some of the hardest moments in my career are what best prepared me for being a business owner. Um, 
And specifically, I'm thinking about like trying to convince a climate denier, well, a pair of climate deniers in my first corporate job that we needed to adopt a greenhouse gas emissions reduction goal and how hopeless that seemed for literally years, um, banging my head against the wall. Uh, it was really, really hard. We did eventually adopt one. Um, but from that experience, I like <laughs> really got a lot of confidence because I am like, I, I honestly, from then on in my career, like really couldn't imagine working with anyone more difficult than those two people. So going into like as a consultant, going in to like meet with clients, you know, being in a new job, going in to meet with new execs, like it was just really hard to imagine that they could possibly be any worse than <laughs> these OG like villains in my climate action focused career. Uh, and so, um, I think that really helped from a confidence perspective, just like, okay, the worst case scenario, like I've already faced and dealt with. And so, um, it's most likely going to be easier or more fun (laughs) than that experience. Um, but then I think too, about some of the facilitation experience that I got when I was leading, uh, like a collaborative initiative that was really a mastermind for, ESG, um, environment, social governance, although at the time we were calling it sustainability still, but sustainability leaders, specifically sustainability leaders focused on reporting. And it was super intimidating, honestly, um, got kind of thrown in just like the deep end to (laughs) to just facilitate a meeting, um, you know, very shortly after taking on leadership of the group and, Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was very intimidating uh, to to suddenly find myself running a meeting of like 20 something, you know, director level professionals. Uh, And it was like my first meeting in the group. I was running the the meeting for the group. And, you know, I think (laughs) I'm like, I think that experience similar. It was like it felt really hard at the time. I mean, it felt scary at the time. I think it went really well. I also think I learned some stuff that I was like, okay, next time I'm going to definitely do that differently. Um, but it was one of like the, the kind of like harder and scarier moments just in terms of like the nature of the timing and the task at hand. And that too is something where it was like the first time was a challenge. The second time was a little easier. Like the third time was easier still. And, um, and now getting to facilitate groups, gosh, almost weekly, if not more often. Um, I'm just really grateful that I had that opportunity to do it before um, and really build those muscles. And then, honestly, the other experience I would say is uh, working briefly uh, as the director of social impact at the fastest growing company in the United States for a brief stint, uh, in 2020, um, it was wild to be in an environment where things were changing, not just daily, like things were changing like hourly. It felt like, and not little things like existential business things were changing day to day, week to week, hour to hour, uh, fast enough to make your head spin. And so, um, definitely got some whiplash from that experience, but it made me more resilient. It also really taught me the balance. I think as someone who's like pretty predisposed to action, like that for like for some things it's like, so you'd like strike while the iron is hot. It's like very much 
important to take action fast and keep things moving. For other things, if if things are seeming chaotic, like it can actually be to your benefit to let the dust settle a little bit. Um, I won't say that like I discovered the balance of those things in that role. I definitely, definitely did not. Um, but I do think it taught me, uh, one, just resilience and two, the value of like knowing when to move fast and when to wait. Um, and again, now that I've like perfected those skills, but I think it's something that's really served me both in helping my clients. Uh, and then honestly in my business, like really thinking about, okay, like, is this, is this a a thing that really needs to be prioritized? It should be like, we need to make it happen. Or is this a thing where like, we should just wait and like, do this more slowly, do this more thoughtfully, um, see where X lands before we spin our wheels doing Y. Um, I think that's also something that has been really helpful. You know, another thing that I wish I had heard more people talk about uh, about starting businesses before I did is the fact that a lot of people who start businesses start businesses because they love doing a thing. So for example, like a huge part of why I started my business is because I love coaching. Um, I love being a coach. I love working with people in that capacity. I like really just love helping amazing people be more amazing. Um, I did not necessarily start a business because I love running a business or because I like wanted to start a business and so much of your day to day. And I think depending on what you do, like you could totally spend most of your time, like really in service mode, working with clients. Um, that's not necessarily the model for my business. And I think, you know, a lot of people talk about like, make sure you leave time to work in your business or no work on your business, not just in your business. But yeah, I don't think I realized how much I would need to learn about like, just like what even running a business is when like truly having this business came from the desire to be a coach and to work with women in the sustainability space. Um, so that was like a huge surprise. I am I, um, just like, I mean, and a lot of this stuff you only have to figure out once and everything is figure outable. So like figuring out how to like, you know, if you want to have an LLC, how to file for an LLC, figuring out how to set up a website, figuring out like what platform to use to set up your website, figuring out how to like manage contacts. Um, and then like, even I think once you get a lot of like those fundamental things down, you have like a website up and running, maybe you have a newsletter, you have like content, maybe you have some clients, you've got a bookkeeper, you've got some sort of invoicing system set up, like then there, depending on how you grow, there's like a whole new set of business related things to learn, right? So um, how to hire people, uh, how to have hard conversations if things are not going well with the people that you hired, um, how to, oh my gosh, there's just so much stuff, like how to scale your operations, how like, yeah, I just, I'm like how to automate different elements of your business. Like I think there's just like so many things to learn that are not necessarily related to the actual like passion or cause or reason or service that inspired you to start. Um, and I don't say that as a way to just as like 
with the intent of dissuading anyone. I just wish someone had told me <laughs> that like I was going to learn not only how to be a coach, but also how to do all these other things um, along the way. You know, a lot of people do ask if you're thinking about starting a business, like where you start, which I think is a great question. Honestly, it so depends, I think, on like what kind of business you want to start and what you want to do. Um, so for example, for me, when I knew I wanted to start a business focused on coaching, the very first thing I did was hire a coach because I was like, if I'm going to be a coach, then I need to like believe in the power of coaching. If I'm going to like ask people to make this kind of investment, I need to be willing to make this kind of investment. Also, I was like, I don't want to have to figure out all this stuff searching on Google myself. <laughs> like I would love to hire someone who has already done it before, who can give me like some of the shortcuts or just tell me what to do so that I'm not just like piecing it together. So my business coach, um, who I first hired, Amelia Travis, was on the podcast in 2021. She's amazing. Um, hiring her like has been one of the best investments I've made in my business. And it was just really helpful to have someone who was like, okay, like you're going to, here are your options. Like you're going to get on LegalZoom and you're going to like file for a company. <laughs> you're going to buy a domain. You're going to like get your website set up just like to really help me one, have the accountability, but two, also have like a roadmap and a game plan, um, for where to get started. Because it's also, I think really important to think about depending on what you're doing. I think it can be so tempting to get caught up in a lot of the like shinier parts of having a business. So, to get caught up in like some of the software or in like needing brand photography or like I could go on. Landing your first client is like one of the most important parts of starting a business, right? Because that makes it real. So what's like the minimum viable product uh, that you need in order to be able to land that first client? And honestly, maybe very little. It may be like you might just need to figure out like what your services are and then tell someone and they'd be like, yes, 100%, let me work with you. But it also, and I'm not a fan of like creating like the perfect like service product, the perfect like package necessarily. You obviously need something to start with, but don't like agonize endlessly over the details because it's probably going to change like eight times <laughs> in the first year that you're in business. Um, and going back to that initial piece of advice, like you really do learn by doing, um, so I remember like coming up with my first coaching package that I was offering in like spring of 2020. And it was like, okay, like here's the details. I had like a PDF that I felt really good about. I think I had some of the details on my website. I had some copy that I loved. I had a way for people to sign up for alignment calls with me to see if it was a fit. Um, but I landed, I mean, I did get my very first client, like as I was in the process of developing all that and I developed, it's like also really nice to develop some of those things on an as needed basis, right? It was like, I had to get a contract because I needed, like someone was ready to sign a contract. <laughs> so I had to get my contract together. I had to get my onboarding questionnaire together because I was onboarding someone. Um, and so like, again, while I think it can be like great to start to like plan some of those things ahead of time, it's also like really fun to create them in the moment for a real client. Cause you can like actually create them with that specific client in mind in a way that's really cool. And then you continue to iterate as you keep going. I'm also asked a lot about 
uh, like different resources and tools that I find most helpful for running my business. Um, and honestly, at this point at the two year mark, I probably need to go back and do an audit and see, you know, how many things I'm signed up for that I'm not really using. Uh, but I'm trying to think of like what some of the things that are absolutely essential for my day to day. I mean, Calendly is something that is incredible. Having some sort of like calendar booking software, I think for like almost anyone can be helpful, but especially if like you're booking calls with clients and potential clients, it's super helpful. I actually did shift from using it to like book most of my one-on-one coaching sessions, but it's really helpful to use for alignment calls. It's helpful to use for random meetings. It's helpful to use for you name it. Um, it's, it's great to have actually use it to book podcast interviews. Uh, the other thing I use probably weekly is HoneyBook is really helpful. Um, that's what I use for invoicing and contracts, um, and my onboarding and exit questionnaires for clients. So yeah, HoneyBook is an awesome tool. It, they have recently like upgraded everything and I'm still figuring out how to use it all, but, um, they really do make the paperwork piece like a really joyful experience, which I think is saying a lot. Um, and then the other one, also not fun, but very helpful is QuickBooks. Um, so having somewhere to send all your receipts <laughs> so your bookkeeper can like know where things are, uh, that's super helpful. And then Kajabi is essential. Um, that's the site that I use or the platform I use to run my website on. It's also where you can get all my like courses and workshops. It's um, where I post stuff for the Girls Club Mastermind. Um, it's where I send my emails from. It's really like an all-in-one solution in a way that's like really helpful uh, really helpful and fun. And then I guess the other app or tool (laughs) that I'll point to, uh, that I feel like I'm sure I could live without, but I use it almost every day is the, the Chani app, Chani Nicholas's astrology app. I am a huge fan of, there's some like awesome meditations on there. There's some rituals and, um, guides for, altar building and horoscopes for the year ahead. And it's, I mean, it's just awesome. And I'm a huge fan. You know, I think something that comes up a lot is how you stay motivated when you're primarily accountable to yourself. I'm still figuring this out, honestly, but a couple things. I mean, one, I invent systems or I hire people to hold me accountable. <laughs> when I'm feeling like my highest self, I put in place the systems that are going to commit me to continuing to act as my highest self. So hiring a business coach is definitely one of them. Um, signing up for like co-working sessions is another one that's super helpful. Um, really figuring out, again, like what, what I need to help make the things happen. Like I love peer pressure from the peers that I love. And so, um, asking friends to help hold me accountable for stuff. I also joke that like my mean boss is named Beth, um, which I know I talked about on, I think like the very first or second podcast episode. Uh, so I definitely have like a mean boss holding me accountable in my head. Uh, but making sure that I take the time for strategic thinking to lay out project plans. Obviously I think many, I mean, maybe not obviously, but many of us are optimistic about what we can get done in a week or a day or a month or even a year. Um, so I love having a second set of eyes. I think that's super helpful. Um, but also carving out some time for me to do strategic thinking is something that's like very hard, but I was just having a conversation with another 
woman founder, it's like, it is like the single most important thing that I do for myself and my business is to really hold some time to do big picture thinking. I've also been thinking about like what's the lowest point in the past two years are. So there have been some really cool high points, but there have also been some low points. There have been some like low, low points. I mean, I honestly think the two that come to mind were both launch related. Um, the first time I tried to like quote unquote launch my one-on-one coaching I like had taken an online marketing course, which was great. I learned a lot, but, um, and I was like, okay, this is it. Like I had uh, a handful of like totally perfect and amazing one-on-one clients and I decided I was going to like launch my one-on-one coaching. And so I like did this whole like content campaign. I had this whole email campaign. I was like showing up on Instagram stories. I was like doing all these things. I was like, I'm launching. I think I had, I had like a workshop slash masterclass. I was like, this is it, um, world, here we come, having, like, a five-figure launch, <laughs> and, uh, and no one signed up. I, like, one person signed up in, like, the, like, spillover window by coincidence, um, <laughs> but not, like, like I, it, we had already been talking, and it just so happened that it, be, it became a yes in, like, the window that I could kind of count it of my launch, but it was, like, definitely did not feel like it was related to the launch, um, and that was really tough. Uh, that's not the only time that's happened either. Like there have definitely been times I'm like, Oh, I'm going to just like experiment and launch a thing. And then like, no one bought it. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Guess no one wanted that thing. Um, the other one was definitely similarly when I was launching a group program, I think it was the first round of magnetic AF, which ended up being incredible. There were like eight incredible women in it. It was perfect. But, um, the first week, maybe week and a half, I'd had, well, I had one person sign up and then I did my masterclass and like three people came to the masterclass workshop and I gave them 24 hours to get like the earliest bird price on the program. And no one had, no one else had signed up. And it was like still probably like a week and a half or two from when we were officially starting. So there was still time, but it felt like I had been like shouting into the void for like months at that point. And I was like, oh my God, no one's going to sign up. And I have like one person who signed up and that's, I can't have a group program with one person. Like this is it. I'm a failure. And like, I remember going to happy hour with Josh and we were in New Orleans and I was just like, I don't know why I thought I could do this. Like no one want like I put so much like heart and soul and thought into this program and no one wants it. Like I'm a failure. Like it was low. It was really low. And he was like, you don't even know that. Like some, you're still in your 24 hour window for someone to take you up on this offer. Like your program doesn't even start for a week and a half. Like you're fine. I'm not worried. You're fine. And I went to bed like in despair. (laughs) I was so sad. And I woke up in the morning and the second person had signed up for the program, which again, ended up being like a collective of like amazing women. (laughs) But, but that was definitely another low point. And I mean, I think it goes back to, um, you know, Melanie Albert always talks about her bamboo analogy and she was also on the podcast in the fall but just this idea that like, if you're always planting seeds, like you can't see what's about to grow. Right. And so at that point, like I, for both of them, really, like I had been planting seeds 
gosh, I just think back, I had been planting so many seeds and they were going to sprout, but I like really couldn't see it. And it was so, so scary to be like, wait, but when, like, is this going to happen? I mean, again, I think back to like that, like quote unquote failed one-on-one coaching launch. That was like, I was about six months into my business. I was really like nowhere close. It did not seem to like making enough money to support myself at all. I had not landed, I don't think, any, like, big consulting work at that point, and I was not charging enough for one-on-one coaching, and I was working with, like, incredible women to, to, like, support myself, and I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I might need to, like, start interviewing. Yeah, and then it's just, like, I got, and then it's, like, then it takes one person, it takes one yes to, like, really shift the trajectory, because I remember I got, like, that one one one-on-one client, and then, like, a week later won my first like bigger consulting project. And then like a few weeks after that, got another consulting project. And a few weeks after that, got another one-on-one client. And then like, I think between like September and December of 2020, like maybe signed like close to $50,000 worth of like contracts to be paid out over like that period plus into like spring of 2021 but there was like a moment when I was like, I had like made zero dollars in July. And I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Um, so yeah, really holding the vision through the magic dark is definitely something that I have had to learn how to do on this journey. And it is not easy. You know, at some point things start working, which feels amazing. It does not mean that you like don't still feel like the same feelings uh, (laughs) from, from like the very earliest days. I think some of the lowest points were definitely like those two launches, the one in in 2020, my one-on-one coaching launch, and then, uh, and then trying to fill the first magnetic AF cohort, which like went on to be such an amazing thing. I'm trying to think about some other lessons learned. (sighs) There have been so many, I mean, asking for help is like an ongoing lesson, but I think really learning how to ask for help. People want to help me. People want to help you. People want to help us. And, but we got to ask because they can't read our minds. Um, so just really like leaning into that and letting people help, um, is so huge. And then I think too, like to my, that last anecdote, like really, Riding out the magic dark, uh, as it's called in manifestation, really like holding the vision, being patient. Yeah, like trusting that what you've done is enough and like, and like surrendering the timeline is so hard. But that has probably been like one of the biggest lessons that I've learned um, in the past couple years. And that things are working out, things are working out probably better than I planned. But I have to trust that and I have to trust that like when someone says no or someone says not right now, one, when someone says no, it's usually not right now. And two, it means that someone else who is even more perfect is like on the way, but like really trusting that, which is not necessarily easy. I mean, I think also there's just no replacement for getting in a circle with other women. Um, Whether it's like me trying to solve problems in my business, me trying to like come up with solutions or answers or like new ideas in my business, you know, getting in community with other women, which I've had to do mostly virtually for the past two years, but have also gotten to do in person a couple of times. And that's been pretty magical. That is just so huge. I mean, that's like really like what my business is built upon is 
that women help other women. And I've watched it happen time and time again. People are so unbelievably generous. Sometimes there's no replacement for like both structured and unstructured time with new people in terms of generating new ideas or figuring out what to do next. And then I think two more big, um, big lessons. Uh, one, to celebrate everything. <laughs> I don't know if that counts as a lesson, but and you've heard plenty of people talk about this here on the podcast, but really celebrating like every minute because there's so many hard parts that like even the tiniest good parts deserve like a party. <laughs> so, um, you know, some of the, some of the high points, uh, which I'll get to in a second of, of the past two years have been the parties for sure. Um, <laughs> and, um, and the smaller moments too, of just like really like feeling into the moment, um, pouring myself a glass of champagne alone, taking myself out to dinner alone <laughs> or, or getting to celebrate with other people, including like my partner, my friends, um, the women in my world, like, yeah, just celebrating everything. Yeah. And then I think saying, if it's anything less than like an, a full body fuck yes, saying no, uh, I'm still working on this one too, but really I'm trying to be so intentional this year about leaving space for like the right magic. And the reality is if I'm like booked all day, every day, like there's no space, there's no space for magic to creep in. There's not space for like a random hike in the afternoon. There's not space to take myself to get my nails done and have a brilliant idea. There's not space for an impromptu meeting when someone finds themselves in town. Um, and so just really saying no to protect that space, um, and taking on less than I think I can take on. I'm so still working on this, but I think that's been the other one. So yeah, that's been a lot of stuff. Uh, the last two things I, I think I wanted to touch on from the last two years, I realized it's getting long, uh, longer than I thought. The first is like the high points, which, oh my gosh, I feel so lucky. I can't, I just can't believe the, the people I've gotten to work with are like the highest high points, you, you know who you are. Um, I just like feel so lucky that you trust me to help you continue to be like even more amazing. Um, I mean, you're already amazing. So to, to trust me to help you literally change the world, it's just, I, I'm not over it. I will never get over it. And some of the clients I've had like on the court, like organizations that, um, have written me checks and let me work on, on their impact work. I also can't get over. Like, it's just really crazy to me that I've gotten to work with these leaders and these organizations. Um, I've also gotten featured here. I will name drop. I've gotten featured in some like crazy publications. A lot of it has been thanks to dreamers and doers, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, it's an organization that's, um, really committed to shining a spotlight on extraordinary women. I joined six months ago and they've helped me get featured in Britain Co and Create and Cultivate. But I've also had some amazing other features and quotes thanks to like incredible humans in my network. Um, so I've been featured in Authority Magazine and Thrive Global and Green Biz and Sustainable Brands and Reconsidered um, and Remake Our World. And like, I just can't even believe that I just said that list of places. It's so crazy to me. Um, 
Obviously, like, the women I've gotten to have on this podcast are such a high point. I just, like, can't even believe some of the conversations I've gotten to have and some of the leaders I've gotten to have them with. And the parties. <laughs> the podcast launch party was, like, a such a dream. Um, you know, the I've had a couple gatherings, like, in my backyard that have been, like, such a dream. The girls' club retreat last fall was what dreams are made of. It was one of the best days professionally of my life, like hands down (laughs) to get to bring together the women in the girls club mastermind for a day of like future visioning and self care and connection and bragging and champagne. It was just like, it was everything. Uh, and that was such a high point. Um, yeah, I mean, just some incredible moments. Some like really incredible moments. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the last thing I wanted to end with, because, like, y'all know I'm a sucker for an inspirational quote, is, like, what some of the mottos and mantras are that stand out to me. And I know I talked a little bit about this in the last episode, um, but the post-its on my desk, some of them change all the time, some of them don't. I've been really struck for a long time by this idea that Jamie Varon wrote about a couple years ago of just, like, being charmed by your own life. And I'm really, like, continuously, like, aspiring to be charmed by my own life and and to take the time to be charmed by my own life. So that's definitely a big one. Yeah. And no makes way for fuck yes. That is a big one. Um, it is a, a constant reminder. And I was also really struck by something Noemi said on, uh, on, during our conversation on the podcast, which was like, but what if it does work? You know, I think as I look back at the last two years, like, I just can't believe that this is a thing. I can't believe that this podcast is a thing. I can't believe it's, like, on Spotify and iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um, I can't believe, like, the incredible people I've gotten to, like, work with through my business, the incredible people I've gotten to work with on my business and in my business. Yeah, I just can't, I can't believe that any of this is real. It truly, truly is my wildest dream. I'm going to cry just saying that. Like, it's my wildest dream. And, like, there's so many people, a lot of women, but not exclusively women, like, who have made this possible. Uh, And this wouldn't be a thing if you didn't also believe that it was a thing. And so I just pinch myself seriously every day thinking that, like, this like crazy thought that I had probably as early as like 2014, 2015 of like, what if one day (laughs) I was a a coach for women in sustainability? What if I got to help them make their careers more personally sustainable? What if I got to prevent like amazing millennial women with dream jobs from burning out? What if I got to gather women for like, summits or conferences or like whatever or retreats and like the agenda could be fun and <laughs> the agenda could be like meaningful and juicy and we didn't have to like talk about some random stuff that we didn't actually want to talk about in order to like get to dinner and drinks but like dinner and drinks could be like the whole point yeah so to think that like I was dreaming about this all those years ago but it seemed so impossible and that now it's like not only possible, but it's a thing. <laughs> I'm talking to you about it. 
Uh, I just, I can't even believe it. So I will leave this there. Thank you for listening to my ramblings on (laughs) the past two years of running a business. Uh, Again, I am here for like thoughts, questions, comments. I love you. I'm so grateful to you for listening to this episode and I'll see you again very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Please rate and review the Women Changing the World podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is liz.best, that's L-I-S dot B-E-S-T, or on LinkedIn by searching my name, Liz Best. If you'd like to create your own personal impact report, visit elizabethbest.com, that's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-B-E-S-T dot com slash impact reporting to get my impact reporting workbook plus templates to create your very own impact report as a PDF or for social media. I'm so excited to keep in touch and I'll see you in the next episode.